This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards, one of the largest sports card sellers on the planet. Greg sells over 80,000 vintage and modern cards every month, including basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all sports really, and even some non-sports cards too. On top of that, every raw card receives the same hand grading that collectors have put their trust in for over 15 years. What are you waiting for? Head on over to gregmorriscards.com auctions and check it out for yourself. What's up, everyone? This is episode 206 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Okay, so as you can see by the title today, or at least the second part of it, This past week, I had a great conversation with a New Jersey Nets collector named Steven, and I'll play that for you here in a little bit. In the meantime, though, some of you might have seen my Instagram stories this week where I was playing around with an AI platform called ChatGPT, and some of you are way more familiar with it than I am. I am just now dipping my toes in and having a little bit of fun with that. But I was curious to see what sort of summary it would build for today's episode if I just fed it the list of questions that I had already created. I thought you might get a kick out of that as well. So here was the result. It wrote, In this episode, we'll hear about how Steven's love for the Nets started and how it has grown over the years. We'll learn about his daily routine as a team collector and what he looks for when acquiring new pieces for his collection. He'll also take us through his top three favorite cards, providing insight into what makes each one special to him. Whether you're a fan of the Nets or just enjoy collecting basketball cards and memorabilia, this episode is sure to be a treat. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the world of basketball cards with Steven. Now, like I said, I did not write that. And obviously, it's not word for word what I would have said there. Maybe I should start using it for my episode descriptions because it's really not too far off and Uh, Maybe that's a sign to me that I need to switch things up every now and then. Now, while ChatGPT or or platforms like that can write somewhat of a decent intro here, there's no way it could handle my mail segment, right? Uh, Or can it? Now, I had serious doubts, but I didn't know for sure. So uh, to try it out, I typed up the name of a card I bought this week, a card I'm expecting in the mail, and a list of reasons why I made that purchase. Then I used a a text-to-audio tool on another site to bring that to life for you today. So here's Sarah to tell us about this week's mail. Your recent purchase of the 2018-19 Immaculate Marks of Greatness Black Box 1 of 1 Auto of Reggie Miller is a truly remarkable collectible, and it's understandable why you like it so much. Firstly, the fact that the card features a picture from a game that you attended in Orlando makes it a special keepsake, one that will always evoke memories of that particular day. Additionally, the acetate surface of the card adds a unique touch and makes it stand out from other cards in your collection. The material not only provides a sleek and glossy finish, but also offers a level of durability that ensures the card will maintain its quality for many years to come. Lastly, 
The lack of a serial number on the front of the black box version of the card is a notable aspect that contributes to its aesthetic appeal. The absence of the serial number allows the picture and design elements to take center stage, making for a clean and uncluttered look that many collectors appreciate. In conclusion, your purchase of the 2018-19 Immaculate Marks of Greatness Black Box 1 of 1 Auto of Reggie Miller is a wise choice, one that will bring you a great deal of joy and satisfaction. The combination of a game you attended, the acetate surface, and the absence of a serial number all contribute to making this card a valuable and cherished addition to your collection. All right, well, uh, thank you, Sarah, and that card will easily crack my top 50, so you'll be hearing more about that in the future. And from me, not a bot, I promise. All right, before I move into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to remind you how you can support this show. As you guys know, there are costs that go into producing a podcast. One of my goals is to always keep the show itself free. As a result, I've signed up for affiliate programs with eBay and Fanatics. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.waxmuseumpodcast.com, click whatever store you need to go to, Shop as planned, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. Hey, this is Bob Nettleke, former Indiana Pacer. Played on a few championship teams, had a lot of fun. You know, I'm listening to the Wax Museum Podcast, one of the best there is. Okay, so joining me today is someone that I message with frequently, and... We both have a bit of a soft spot for the 2000 stuff, and I have tried to get this guy on the show, uh, no lie, probably 10 times now, and it wasn't that he didn't want to, but it, it just seemed like our schedules never lined up until today. So you might know him from Instagram, where he posts under the handle at Collector, or you might even remember him from an early installment of Collector Classifieds. Steven, how's it going, man? Good. Thanks for having me, Kyle. I'm glad we can finally make this happen. I know I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and and I know you have too, but literally it's like either you were out of town or I was out of town, but um, we had to make this work, and, and here we are. So um, if someone doesn't know you or haven't seen your page before, uh, you know, I just mentioned your handle there, so all it takes is a quick look at your handle to figure out that you collect New Jersey Nets, right? That's not a secret. So um, and that is the previous iteration of the Brooklyn Nets. So my guess is before we get too far into this, you probably have people offering you Brooklyn cards all the time. Is that correct? I do. I do. I often get messages with Brooklyn Nets cards, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and not not the ones that I'm looking for. Jason Kidd, you know, Richard Jefferson, Devin Harris. Okay. All right. Some familiar names there. So we'll, we'll figure out in a little bit here where exactly you draw the line in the sand, but um, let's just touch on the history of your franchise real quick. So uh, then we can address your focus more specifically, because I think a lot of basketball fans don't know this, but, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, your team started in the ABA in 1968 as the New Jersey Americans. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. Okay. And just for one season, and then they moved to, they made the jump to New York, right, to Long Island, and became the New York Nets up until 1977. So then by that time, they were one of the four teams that I know I've said merged into the ABA, and Scott Tarter told me technically it wasn't a merger. Okay, everyone calls it a merger. But um, so they merged into the ABA, and it was back to New Jersey. They kept the Nets name, and then they stayed there until their current move to Brooklyn in 2012. So they have 
a bit of a history of jumping back and forth. Am, am I leaving anything out there? Nope, nope. They've had a history of jumping in not just states. They also jumped from arenas too. Like in Jersey, they played in the Teaneck Armory. Okay. And then the the Brendan Byrne Arena. And then that changed to names multiple times from, you know, Brendan Byrne to Continental Airlines, then the IZOD Center. Then they moved to the Prudential Center in Newark the last couple of years in, in New Jersey. And then that's when they made the the jump to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Okay, so I'm guessing you're not just regional. Like you have to be from New Jersey because for you not to pick the Knicks or somebody else, or or maybe it's just a product of of when you were growing up. But I, I'm guessing you're from New Jersey, correct? I'm from proudly from New Jersey. Uh, I actually <laughs> grew up uh, ten minutes from the Meadowlands, where the the Nets, the Devils, and you know the Jets and Giants played. So I was I was close. Okay, so let's talk about your Nets fandom a little bit then before we get into the cards. Um, I think you're the only real Nets fan that I regularly communicate with. So um, I know you said you grew up there, but let's get a little more specifics, maybe how it started, how it grew, and and what exactly it looks like today. I don't know if you're still there or if you've moved away. So I am currently on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Okay. I kind of I moved up here around the same time the Nets moved out of New Jersey. I think the Nets moved out of New Jersey in 2012, mm-hmm. and I moved out of New Jersey in 2013. So we both kind of had an exodus from New Jersey. Um, but my Nets fandom started, I would say, around the time Sam Cassell joined the team. That's when I started to become interested, and then really became interested when Stephon Marbury be- became a Net. You know, my okay. first. My first big core memory from the Nets was Marbury going with, you know, toe-to-toe with Kobe in that all-star game. And just, I remember thinking like, you know, the the Nets in New Jersey were often like an afterthought, you know, next to the Mm -hmm. Devils, next to the Giants and Jets. So I remember thinking like, oh man, like a New Jersey Net player is on the big stage because, you know, for the longest time they, you know, were kind of a joke, you know, they didn't make playoffs too often. So that was like my first core memory. Then they traded him to Phoenix for Jason Kidd. And I remember being kind of upset about that because I was I was young and I was a big fan of Marbury. But <laughs> Kidd pretty much transformed the whole franchise right. and turned them like a perennial playoff team. And then from there, it just kind of like took off. You know, once- I'm guessing we're around the same age, right? You're you're probably early to mid 30s. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so that that time frame checks out then because I don't remember when Marbury became a net, but it would have been, it was late nineties. Was it 98 ish? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, 98, 99 was his first season, maybe, or maybe 97, 98 was one of those. I I think it was 98, 99. Cause I think 1997, 98 season, they made the playoffs, I think with Sam Cassell. So, okay. I'm, I'm trying to think when Jason Kidd was blonde, cause it was right. a short, <laughs> it would have been right after that. It was a short time frame that didn't last very long. All right. So um, like you said, you you moved around the same time the team moved then to Brooklyn. Uh, do you claim them now? I mean, do you have an NBA team you follow now? What's the deal? So I, you know, I was super excited when they were moving to Brooklyn. Like I thought this was going to be big for the franchise. Like, you know, I don't think a lot of free agents wanted to come play, you know, at the IZOT Center first and then at, at the Prudential Center in Newark. So. I thought this was going to be a, a big turnaround for them. And I actually bought tickets for the season opener, like the, the 
Brooklyn opener, Barclays open, you know, opener, and there was a hurricane. Okay. And they delayed that game. It was supposed to be against the the Knicks, and they delayed that game. I paid a lot of money for upper level seats for it to get delayed. And then the first game ended up being against the Raptors. So I went to the Knicks game and the Barclays center is beautiful. Um, it was a headache to get there. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when I moved up here to Cape Cod, everybody asks, you know, you, you grew up 10 minutes from the city. Do you go to the city? No, like I never went to New York city. So like the only time I ever went to the city was to go to like sporting events to go to uh-huh. Yankee games, Mets games. So, that commute was a pain. And then when I went into the arena, it was like scrubbed of all the New Jersey Nets history. Like even the banners were like black and white. You know, they didn't have oh, wow. colored, you know, that they used to, the color scheme. So that rubbed me the wrong way. And then I was sitting in like the upper level with all these Brooklyn hipsters. And like, it just felt like, I don't know, they felt like they sold out a little bit. So right. that that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And it just, you know, went from there. I did end up going to a playoff game and I showed up. At, I got there at halftime because uh, NJ Transit had so many delays. And it just was one of those. It just felt like a sign that, like, you know, they moved on. And then I shortly moved on after that. And it was right. just like, I don't know, I felt like we just you know, grew apart. <laughs> well, so, and, and now that you say that, it, it does kind of like I don't. I don't connect them with New Jersey at all because it's even though I know they've had the new retro uniforms or whatever, but um, it it does feel like a completely new franchise to me now that I think of it. Um, So, so are you just kind of follow the NBA casually? I I follow casually. Like I do follow the nets. Like I do, I do like, you know, if they're on national TV, I'll try to tune in. Um, but it's not like how it was back when they played in New Jersey. Like I was watching every game. I was staying up like when they went, did the West Coast trips to like one in the morning to watch them yeah. to watch them play. So, but it's not it's not like that anymore. Well, I guess, I guess it doesn't help that um, there's quite a bit of drama uh, around the team right now as well, and players asking to be traded and players committing, and then later again asking to be traded and all that fun stuff. So, um, okay, so now that we know a little bit more about your Nets fandom. Let's transition this into cards. Go ahead and take some time here and, and narrate your hobby history for us. Cause I, I'd love to know how you got to where you are today. So, you know, everybody knows me as the Nets collector, but my card collecting and fandom started with my first love, which was Dan Marino and the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Would not have guessed that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that started with my dad who is has the kind of typical boomer, you know, childhood story where he had, you know, cards from the sixties and seventies growing up, had them in like his pockets to bring to school and then his bike bicycle spokes and then threw them in a shoebox, threw them in the closet. And then his mom threw them out like years later. So he has that typical story. And then, you know, they have the card boom in the late, you know, eighties and nineties when all those cards shot up in value. So he got into that with me. And would buy me like Dan Marino base back when base were like a thing. Yeah. So we we had that going, um, and then we did a lot of retail breaking from like Kmart because we had a bunch of Kmart's around by us. And things really evolved for me when I joined the Beckett message board. So that was okay. like that was when things kind of evolved. And then eBay came around, 
And back mm-hmm. then, eBay was sending money orders through the mail. Right. So I don't, I don't think a lot. I don't think a lot of the new, the newer collectors realized how tedious that was because you had to send it, wait for them to cash it, and then hope <laughs> that they would send your card. But, there's a but lot- I, I will say, I never got ripped off once. Oh, that's that's <laughs> lucky. I've got a lot of. I had a lot of cards that were not sent. Yeah. <laughs> so I joined the Beckett message board, and I saw all these insane player collections on there, and I was like, "This is what I want to do." And I took a look at all the Dolphins and, you know, there are a ton of Miami Dolphins collectors and Mm -hmm. you can't even pick like a rookie with them because they just, there's so many of them and they, they, like their cards go for a good amount. So I realized that wasn't going to, that wasn't going to work. And I was really into the Nets then. So I was like, why don't I look at the Nets? And they had a young player that I was a big fan of Richard Jefferson Okay. So I, I settled on him and I started, I started off, which I regret now with just doing autograph and game use stuff. So I didn't mm-hmm. do base. I didn't do inserts. I didn't do number cards. So I'm sure I missed a ton of good stuff early on because I just wasn't interested in that. Yeah. And it kind of progressed to where he, you know, started to play really well and was put on more and more cards. And he started to be on cards with, other players around the league you know kobe jason richardson like all these you know 2000 you know star players right and it started to get pricey so then i narrowed that down to just nets and you know richard jefferson just nets and then i realized that kind of shrunk (laughs) the cards that i was gonna buy so then i just started to, to merge into numbered cards and you know base cards and inserts and stuff like that And through all that, I'm going to my local card show by my house, which is the Garfield New Jersey card show. Shout out to all the guys there. It's been, it's huge now. Back when I went, it was not that big, but now it's huge. But when I would go there, I would also randomly pick up net stuff that were in dollar boxes or $5 boxes. And I started to amass this stack of net stuff. And I just decided to just lean into it and just collect everything. And I just narrowed it to, in New Jersey Nets uniforms only. So if there's like, you know, when Jefferson got traded to the Bucks, that eliminated a lot of stuff because there's a lot of cards in his last year. Let's say like Milwaukee Bucks or traded to the Bucks and like, right. That's I, a, I that's almost a, traded for one with you in mind, and then the yeah. owner of it said, "No, Stephen already knows about this. This is actually <laughs> a Bucks card." Yeah, yeah. I always get I always get links sent to me with Jefferson's random stuff, but it's like, nope, it's got a Bucks. I the only only rule that i broke with that was when we talked about this you know before the podcast was that exquisite dump was mm-hmm. they did a premium patch with the finals slope the finals patch yeah. from when on the net so he has the bucks uniform which ruins it for me but it has the nets final patch and that's the only one that i've ever seen of his cars that have that so that's the only bucks card that's in my collection and you might have shown that to me years ago i don't remember seeing that so yeah, when we're uh, done here send me that picture because yeah, i'm I'll i'm very interested so there there actually there was two there was the one the bottom half that i won and then the top half which i lost so i have the top half like i saved the ebay auction the image so i know what the serial number was but I have no idea where that one you went. You know what? I think you you did tell me about this because I have a saved search for Richard Jefferson Exquisite, 
and I haven't, I never removed it. And I'm, and I kept thinking, why, why do I have this saved search? Okay. That's why I'm looking for a finals card apparently. All right. So I guess you still get your, you know, even though that was the um, his active playing days, you still get your fair share of Nets cards in modern releases uh, via, you know, Jason Kidd and you mentioned Jason, uh, Richard Jefferson and Devin Harris. And and by the way, can we put out an all call here for the random Devin Harris collector that you and I can't figure out that keeps outbidding you on these sticker auto one of ones? Um, this has to be a Wisconsin guy, right? Otherwise, who could this be? What do, What are your thoughts here? I have no idea. You know, I, I messaged the only other Devin Harris collector that I know, David. Shout out to David. Shout out, David. He, friend yeah, of the show. <laughs> he was shocked by the price. I couldn't believe it either. Um, you know, I've been searching Twitter. I've been searching, you know, the hashtags on Instagram. I have I have no idea where it went. Okay, my, so- my, I actually, you know, there was a, I saw there was a whatnot thing where they did a, I don't, I think it was like a $50,000 like break or something with all their promotions. And it was a one of one only product. So I'm wondering if it was just like one of these breakers that are putting together products and just bought it and it's going to throw it in like a repack. Right. And, and they, they bid high on this stuff because, you know, they're still going to make just gobs of money on this anyway, unfortunately. Um, probably some shirtless person pulled it right now and, and is <laughs> holding on to it. All right. So aside from cards of the old players, you know, we, we kind of talked about where you, we alluded to where you draw the line in the sand. Now, uh, let's say the, the city edition uniforms from last year, they, when I look at them, they scream New Jersey nets to me. And obviously, I, I mean, I think that was the intention with them. So when you see a card, uh, maybe Kevin Durant and he's rocking that uniform, is there anything inside of you that says, Hey, maybe I should pick that up. Or, you know, maybe there are Brooklyn cards from 2012 and 2013 that have old nets patch pieces in them. So where exactly do you draw the line in the sand now? That's a good question. So I do see the new the, the, the uniforms are great. I love them. I love mm-hmm. a lot of the uniforms that they're doing these days. They look awesome, but I no interest in the in the Brooklyn stuff just 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 does nothing for me. Yeah, I'm just not. I just don't have the attachment like I did to the, you know, when they played in New Jersey. I will say though, when I do get like, you know, I have a lot of generic save searches for eBay, and it's just like Nets Court Kings or Nets something, and it does bring up a lot of Brooklyn stuff. And when I see those City Edition uniforms, it throws me for a double take because I don't usually keep too much of an eye on the checklists that that are coming out. So that's usually my save searches are usually what tells me if there's nets in the product. Yeah. So that, that throws me for a loop. So I have to do a double take and it's like, Oh, that's just Cam Thomas. That's not, <laughs> that's not Kerry Kittles. Like I gotta, <laughs> so that throws me for a loop. I do have some, some Brooke Lopez, some Darren Williams cards and Brooklyn uniforms with nets patches. Um, I've kind of moved away from that. I do I do collect the ones in the Nets, old Nets uniforms with the name Brooklyn Nets on it. Like I'll make Mm -hmm. that exception. That's fine. But you know, the Brooklyn uniforms with the Nets patches, I have kind of moved away from that. Right. Um, Now I I originally asked about cards here, but from our chats, I know you collect quite a bit of memorabilia as well. And uh, they can't see you at home here, but you're wearing a uh, sly, the Nets mascot t-shirt right now, which I absolutely love. 
Uh, it makes me, you're like a walking tops total card right now. <laughs> um, and, and while I have a few pieces of memorabilia, I showed you my bobbleheads earlier. I wouldn't label myself a memorabilia collector. Um, and, and most of the team collectors that I brought on so far, I wouldn't label them that either, but I know you've got, you know, quite a bit of memorabilia from what we've talked about. And I think maybe even some game worn jerseys. So tell me about the memorabilia side of your PC. Yeah. So, well, first with the slide shirt, I have to give a, a shout out to at Nets checklist. He's the one who sent me the eBay listing for this. And okay. I, he gave me the, uh, the option to buy it because I know he's a big Nets kind of memorabilia collector as well. So thank you for that. You, you've um, got a sly uh, super collection, right? Cause you had, right. Uh, I, I sent you a link for an autograph. I uh, do. I got, I got two, two tops autographs from him. I got his bobbleheads. I got some stuffed animals that they gave out. So I am amassing quite the sly, the Fox super collection. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it right. So it's you. <laughs> All right. So, so as far as the rest of them, the, I know I cut you off there. The rest of your memorabilia, what do you, what do you have? So there's, you know, I, I think the, the memorabilia is like just a cool part of Nets history. So, you know, the bobbleheads programs, you know, ticket stubs, you know, all these random things. I have like a Nets pen that they sent me one year. I have a Nets champagne flute that they, they sent in like a season ticket box. So it's just like all these kind of random, the more random and unique it is, the more, the more I think it's cool, much to the chagrin of my wife. But um, yeah, it's like whatever's unique. Um, the, the Nets jersey that I have, the only game-worn jersey that I have is actually one of the last nets that I was a fan of was actually Marshawn Brooks, who's okay. you know, still playing in China that I got off Steiner sports for a pretty good deal. Um, and it has the, the 50 anniversary nets patch on it that they mm -hmm. wore that last season. So it's, it's pretty special just because it was the last year in New Jersey. It was a lot of games that I went to. So I'm sure that I'm sure that I was at that game that he wore it on. So it's, it's just, it's unique. And now correct me if I'm wrong, but his, um, because he was part of that double rookie class, he was the first year, but all his rookies say Brooklyn. Is that right? Yeah. So yes, he, I think he does have a couple cards that say New Jersey. I, I might, I maybe think, like but, the XRC autos or right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I think majority of them do say, do say Brooklyn. Brooklyn so Austin. you've kind of got your own gamer. Uh, Nets yep. gamer from him, so that is, that seems like a pretty significant piece for a team collector. Yep, and I also it's funny. I also have his draft day hat too. I won that. Um, oh wow! Yeah, from, was that from Steiner? I I can't remember if it was from NBA auctions or Steiner. I can't I can't remember which one it was, but like just the unique stuff about that is what. Yeah, like it's just so unique. You would think that that's something that he would want, like the draft day hat, but. Well, it, that makes you wonder, and I know Panini cut some up too, so it makes right. you wonder how many dozens of hats uh, were put on. I, I know there, we've seen a, we haven't seen it with basketball, but there was a football clip out there of them touching hats on someone's head, uh, just in rapid, rapid fire. So I, I, I'm sure something like that probably happens with basketball, but we can, we can pretend that they go completely <laughs> over the head. Yeah. All right. So based off of what you what you said there and what we've talked about, um, I think it's pretty safe to say you're active on all different sites and platforms, be it Beckett or you know eBay, even in the old days and even now. Um, and that 
I would also say is including Com C. So this is probably as good a time as any to remind everyone that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com. And new this week, ComC is excited to announce their latest partnership with CGC Trading Cards and CSG. With over 30 million raw cards available in their marketplace, ComC is ready to provide an effortless grading experience for you to buy, sell, and now grade your Marvel, Sports, Star Wars, and TCG trading cards. ComC is thrilled to offer a smooth and seamless grading process that's available today for all customers. And I think all customers would include you, right? We've, we've talked about ComC before. Uh, what, what's your experience with ComC look like? Oh, I, I love ComC. As a team collector who is loves numbered stuff, you know, I wish ComC was around years ago because mm-hmm. I could have saved a ton of money, you know, buying 99 cent Jason Collins number to 2000 cards with $3 shipping. Right. You know, <laughs> I could have saved a ton of money if that was around. So now this, this is like heaven to me when I could just browse all these numbered cards and submit an offer for a dollar. Have it right. Be and and then pay like four bucks to ship them all or whatever, you know, depending on, on how yeah. long you're willing to wait. I just put in an order this week, actually. So um, there's always that moment where I'm like, do I want to upgrade the shipping? Because I know I want these in hand as soon as possible. But <laughs> the whole point of using ComC was to consolidate that shipping. So uh, sometimes it pays to be patient here. As we near the end of today's conversation, I want to give you a chance to talk about some of the centerpieces of your PC and I've asked this question to a lot of people before, and, and usually people tell me it's a pretty difficult activity, but I brought this up to you earlier this week and you're like, no, I've I've literally had this ready for months now. So I'm excited to see what you have here because I have no clue. It could be three slide cards from all I know. So talk me through your three favorite cards. Let's start with number three and then we'll work your way to number one. So when you had first approached me about doing this podcast i had had that initial like oh this is going to be tough but i had months to think about it and i really toiled over what to choose and i decided to narrow it down um by players okay. so the three players that i you know really like connected to the nets and that was devin harris richard jefferson and jason kidd okay. so those are the three players i narrowed it down to and i have to give a shout out to you because you helped me narrow down my Devin Harris one. When I saw you do your top 50 and you did your Rick Smith's flawless patches. Okay. You had all of them. I cheated, right? You're basically saying I cheated. So I am going to steal that with Devin Harris. So the one set that I heavily collect with Devin Harris, and I believe this is the right set. I think I have it down. It's 0910 Timeless Treasures Material Inc. Devin Harris. So he has multiple variations in the set. He's got the jersey auto, which is numbered to 50. He's got the patch numbered to 25. Then he has three different tags numbered to one. He's got the logo, the Nets logo, and then like the number tag. Okay. So I have, I want to say like eight or nine of the 25 patches. I have two of the one of ones. I have the team logo and the um number tag logo okay yeah the logo was actually on ebay for the longest time and my stubbornness let it sit because the price was so high and i would not budge and that that eventually got hit the buy now got hit i know where it is 
I know who has it. It's oh, it wasn't you. It Someone wasn't else me, hit no. the buy it now. Okay. Yeah, somebody, I was not, it, I think it was up for 200 and I was not budging on that. Like, right. That is I a little not, high. That is, it's too high for me and I was not budging, but that works against me sometimes, the waiting process. But so that is number three. I just, okay. I, I actually just got um, one of the patches, number 25 from ComC recently. So okay. shout out to them for adding to that stack. Is is there one numbered to ten? Is there a patch number to ten in that? I don't think so. I, okay. I I'm not sure. I I know I I've hoarded the twenty five. So I okay because I I just purchased a Troy Murphy uh, logo man tag right to go with a team tag that I bought on Com C like yeah. probably like eight years ago. And I think, and so I also then bought a patch number to 10. I think it's national mm-hmm. treasures, maybe, or, or timeless, maybe it's national. Um, but it's a similar rainbow to that. Right. So yeah. I, I feel your pain. I'm, and I don't even like Troy Murphy, but I'm, you know, <laughs> it's like, I've just started this project. So I have to finish. So um, not only is that your number three, but we need to watch out for wherever that one last card ended up. Yeah. Oh, I know who has it. You know, it's another, it's another Nets collector and I'm, I'm fine. He, it's I I waited on it. I had every chance to buy it, so it's like no biggie to me. Okay. But, um. I I I am more focused. I think on adding to the twenty five. To the twenty five. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. All right. So make sure, and we'll get a picture of that up if, or the kind of a group picture, I should say, yeah. of that up if we don't have that already. What you got for number two? The number two was Richard Jefferson. So I I have a ton. Richard Jefferson and I was struggling to figure what it was um but I was scrolling on my Instagram and I just kept coming back to this one so it's an iconic set oh three or four exquisite it's number pieces number to 24 okay. it's got it's got a great photo of him you know dunking and it's got a good auto and it's got a three color patch so it's like Right. Hits all the marks for me. Iconic product. It's yep. the best era for your franchise, at least, you know, when you were watching it, well, probably right. ever. Um, yeah. One of your favorite players. Great looking card. Great patch. I, I can totally see that one. And I think it helps, too, knowing that I got it when it came first out. So I didn't overpay for it. So, right. you know, when it came out, it like it wasn't selling like gangbusters how it is now. Right. Like it was like any other product for the most part you probably paid less than 30 bucks for that i'm guessing yeah i think it was like 60 if i remember correctly okay but it, still it was like number to 24 like now it goes for like 800 dollars. So. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's never- uh hey. for for people that are newer to the hobby you know that's why i, I always try to tell them like just buy what you can now and you know you'll appreciate it more later and you, maybe you'll never have a just a huge hobby budget, but over time you'll accumulate nice pieces before you know it, uh, and that stuff really adds up. Very good. All right. Well, I I have no clue what your I, I guess I know the player, but I have no clue what your number one is. So let's go ahead and hear that. So I guess this is a little bit of a cheating, um, but so Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson. Is okay. All right. Fun. So it's the it's the first post I did on Instagram. It's the 0405. I think it was Flair. Um, it's the dual logo man one of one. Like how can you beat how can you beat a dual one of one logo man? Like you just you can't. So 
that's easily like the centerpiece of my Nets collection. I would never be able to afford that today. So the fact that I got it years and years ago when right. it was affordable, you know, that makes it more. And you know, when there was a lot of, because that's right when Fleer went bankrupt. So right. a lot of information uh, of re- more readily available about which logo men cards are backdoored, which ones are bankruptcy sold, which ones are pack pulled. So right. I'm assuming this is the pack pulled legitimate version yep. to be able to have that and know that. Uh, Cause I mean, some logo men cards are so from that era are so scary that people just give up trying to chase right. them. Yep. Right. Because it's just like, if there's even that little bit of doubt, it's, it's hard to own one, but this one, it's your two guys, you know, it's the real deal. It's a good thing. So, um, I feel like I haven't seen these cards. I know I go on your Instagram, but I, I guess your account's been up for so long. I got to scroll to the bottom every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the dual and the, the number pieces are, are way at the bottom. I don't think I've ever posted the Harris one. So I, I guess I got it now. Get, yeah. Gotta, get that one this week. I got to post the rainbow now. And then you can, what I tend, I, you can pin like three posts on Instagram. Right. So they always yeah. stay on the top. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm, here I am four years into the show. I'm trying to pin some stuff uh, that I think is, is relevant every week. I'm finally learning. So, all right. Well, Stephen, like I said earlier, we've been trying to do this for, seems like forever now. Maybe it really wasn't that long, but I, I think it's legitimately been over a year. Um, so we finally did it. And I'm probably going to have to have you back on at some point. Maybe we can dive more into the 2000 stuff that you and I are both um, completely enamored with. Before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to plug your social media handles and then anything you're working on or anything you might be looking for these next few moments here are yours. Well, thank you for having me. I would love to come back. It's been a lot of fun talking Nets and 2000 products. That's That sounds right down my alley. Right. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at NJNetsCollector. Um, I am looking for, I would like to finish a Jefferson Letterman it doesn't matter the product we've, we've gone back and forth with the, in the name from big game. Like, yeah, I would love to finish that. I'm missing a couple those that, that run is on my Instagram, but I would also, I would settle for the president's choice ones that were just released too. So. And, and, and those just disappeared. Like those are gone. Yeah, I can't, I, I have a safe search for that stuff. I have a couple of the Reggie Miller letters and then poof, they're gone. Yeah. I haven't seen them. And I've, I've, it was a Canada only product, right? It was, um, now I opened, I bought, I think I bought three boxes off of, uh, Dave and Adams and the letters were one per case. So I ended up just with a bunch of garbage instead. Um, well, it was like a, it was like a Shaq one-on-one with a sketch that doesn't look like Shaq and, you know, it sold for like 40 bucks, but, um, you know, I've been tempted to, if I can find some more boxes that they were limited though, there's only like 1100 boxes or something like that made. I have been tempted to try and rip some more boxes though. And that's a, a horrible approach. <laughs> it's the old uh, tops total route. To, oh God. Yeah. To buy boxes and cases to pull the plates. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least it was affordable at one point. It, it, right. Even pre pandemic tops, total boxes got to like $90. And that's when I tapped out. I'm like, I, I can't do this for a, you know, a Brian Hill printing plate. Like <laughs> it, it's, I can't justify that anymore. But um, do you have, I, I know we're, you know, I, we were wrapping up, but I, I'm, I'm curious now, do you have uh, between all the letter sets, a full Jefferson nameplate? 
That I don't think I've ever sat down and looked at. I might, but like I'm very, like I I need it to match. Like right. I I I can't like put like President's Choice with the in the name like set. Like I need it to be consistent. So yeah. like I never even to be honest with you, I never even thought about looking at that. I'm gonna have to look now to see if I do have it. Okay, well I mean it might be a good like you post that and then someone says all right that one letter in there looks jacked up. Let's find yeah. a real one. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephen, um, I, I appreciate it. And we will be looking out for that. And then, like I said, we'll get some of those cards posted up on your social media or reposted. And uh, we'll make sure that people are able to see those. Thanks again, man. I appreciate it. And just wanted to give a shout out to you. 200 episodes. Thank you for all that you do for the hobby. Like I, the YouTube videos are great. The podcast is great. So, you know, thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, well, there you have it. 35 minutes of conversation created by two real human beings. No bots there. Uh, maybe there was something we talked about today that resonated with you. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under at Wax Museum Podcast or Twitter under the handle at Wax Museum PC. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site, which is www waxmuseumpodcast.com. There's a big eBay logo at the top. Click that and it should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the popping site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.